We breathe in and oxygen is what fuels our voice. So without air, there is no voice. So many people don't breathe enough when they speak. Yeah. This is a mistake I hear a lot. And that's when the sound gets pushed back like this. That's a sound of no air. Or even just having a brain freeze in the middle of a presentation or something is usually because the breathing has stopped. So having that understanding that oxygen fuels our voice and we need to think on the in-breath and speak on the out-breath and have our words ride out in a wave of air, not only will that improve the quality of your voice, it will help also protect it for the long term. Welcome to the Career Success Coach Podcast. If you're an accomplished professional ready to attract ideal opportunities, level up your career growth, and create a powerful presence in your industry, you're in the right space. I'm your host, Sarah Macris, and I'm passionate about helping executives and business professionals become visible in their space, establish themselves as a leading authority, and create their dream opportunities. Let's get started. Hi, and welcome to the Career Success Coach podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Macris, and today I have with me Sally Prozer. Sally is a voice and a public speaking coach. Over the past 20 years, she has helped hundreds of professionals speak with more confidence. She's had a career as a TV reporter and built a community of more than 300,000 on TikTok. She's a TEDx speaker coach, an expert at using a hairbrush as a microphone, and in 2020 was named Young Entrepreneur of the Year for PR and Media in Queensland. She's a one-stop shop for everything speaking. So from gaining the confidence to putting yourself out there, to producing a strong voice, to crafting speeches for the stage and designing strategy to get your spoken message heard. She also has a strong belief that our voice is the organ of our soul. And she's all about finding your unique voice and speaking from the heart. It's fantastic to have Sally here today. And this topic, voice and ensuring that your message lands with a powerful voice, is something I'm incredibly interested in and passionate about as well. So welcome, Sally. It's great to have you on the podcast today. Sarah, thank you so much for having me. Let's start at one of your beginnings, which was having a drama school. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So I was one of those speech and drama kids. I feel like I was born microphone first. I remember when I was about seven years old, all I wanted from Santa was a microphone with a stand. And then when I got it, the first thing I did was say a thank you speech to Santa in front of the family. (laughs) So I was always doing public speaking and debating and did speech and drama outside of school. And then when I was about 16, I decided to set up my own studio. So my parents were kind enough to give me the front room of the house. It was like seconded as my dad's office. So he'd like be turfed out of the office while I had students of an afternoon. And it was great. So I helped kids as young as four, right up to finishing school age. And that was really the basis for what I do now. That's fantastic. That's just a wonderful start. And I know that's often when you speak to people who can speak really well, they have had that sort of background in drama or singing or something along those lines. So then you moved from there and you went into corporate, is that right? Or you started working in PR? Well, before that, I had a 10-year career as a TV and radio news reporter. Of course, you got the mo- that part, of course. How can I skip over that? So I went from into radio news and I guess it was 
the first time I really understood about the voice as an instrument because I'd come from doing speech and drama and doing Shakespearean monologues and all of this. And I walked into the little radio station in Wollongong, 96.5 Wave FM. Shout out to Rob, my first boss. He was amazing. And we're there early in the morning, sort of sounded a bit like I do at the moment, a little bit under the weather. And I walked into the voice booth and I said, good morning, it's 5.30. I am Sally Prosser. My news director was like, Sal, no, like just no, you can't speak like that. It's that you're not on stage. These are just people getting their school lunches ready and getting their kids off to school. You've got to tone it down. And that was when I really learned, okay, wow, there is not a way that you should speak all the time. Our voice is this dynamic instrument and we can adapt to the scenario that we're in at that time, which is what I think is so magical about voice. And so, yes, before long, I um, learned how to do a voice that was much more suited to news reporting and it carried on from there. So was it a big change for you? Was there special techniques that you had to learn in order to be able to present for the news, say? Because it seems like they have that sing-songy sort of voice, you know, when they present news. Yeah, well, I hope not. When I work with my journalists, getting rid of that sing-song voice is one of the main things we want to do. So it sounds like you're telling the story, not just reading the script. And that was the big turning point for me when my boss at the time said, Sal, don't try to do a voice, be a voice. And I see this in corporate as well. So many people say, Sal, I want to sound professional and I want to sound elegant and I want to sound this and I want to sound that. And I'm like, well, how about we sound like you? You know, let's start with that. You know, how do you want to be described when you're not in the room? You know, because this warped sense of what is professional, if we really want to make connections in the corporate world and create influence, often speaking in this posh professional way has the opposite effect and just stops people from getting to know us. And so that's what I said, okay, in news, for example, what I want to do, I really need to get the news across in the fastest way to people who are busy, they're in their cars, in their homes. And it was commercial radio. So when I worked for the ABC, the style was a little bit different there. So you adapted it. And I stopped performing the news and started telling the news. So it went from good morning, it's 5.30, I'm Sally Prosser, to good morning, it's 5.30, I'm Sally Prosser. And then I did lots of funny things like said a sign and mostly funny day ahead instead of a fine and mostly sunny day ahead. (laughs) That's okay. Live radio, it happens. Oh, that's good. I like that. So Sally, tell me, what do you see as the biggest challenges for people with their voice? I'd say the biggest challenge is people having no awareness of its power and what it is. You know, if you played an instrument outside of school, you would know, all right, if you've got a guitar, this is what the guitar looks like. This is how you hold it. This is how you play it. You build up your repertoire. Whereas we are walking around with this fantastic instrument and a lot of people aren't even aware of what it looks like. Although if you Google it, it doesn't look very safe for work. It looks like something else, right? (laughs) But Google vocal cords while singing. So I'd say that's the first thing, being aware of your voice and how it works. So very quick anatomy lesson is we breathe in and oxygen is what fuels our voice. So without air, there is no voice. So many people don't breathe enough when they speak. Yep. This is a mistake I hear a lot. And that's when the sound gets pushed back like this. That's a sound of no air. 
or even just having a brain freeze in the middle of a presentation or something is usually because the breathing has stopped. So having that understanding that oxygen fuels our voice and we need to think on the in-breath and speak on the out-breath and have our words ride out in a wave of air, not only will that improve the quality of your voice, it will help also protect it for the long term. So that all starts actually, wow, I have this thing called a voice. I use it every day and I don't know what to do with it. And one of the most mind-blowing things that I teach or that people say, oh, I can't believe it, is just what I consider to be quite basic, which is a voice warm-up. Like you should be doing a voice warm-up before you record a podcast, before you do a presentation, before you walk into a big meeting. And just that one difference doing a voice warm-up, clients say to me all the time, oh, Sal, nailed the pitch did the voice warm up. (laughs) So, you know, something that small makes such a huge difference because you wouldn't, you know, run in the Olympics without doing a warm up and having full preparation. Yet there's so many people in these really influential positions speaking to boards and their team and other stakeholders, which is like the Olympics of communication. And they're going in without a warm up and expecting to perform brilliantly which just doesn't usually happen. That's fascinating. I did singing for about 10 years as a child and we always used to do warm-ups. And I hear my kids have learned it at school, you know, M&Ms. My mum makes M&Ms. I don't know if you've heard that one, but there's a special like little warm-up there. How long should it take if we did a warm-up? What would it look like? My mother makes M&Ms on a Monday, something like that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, as a singer, Sarah, you'd be all over it because you'd be speaking from the diaphragm, you know, getting the breath in low and deep and all of that. I actually do have a voice warm-up that I take you to actually in the pep talks in your pocket. So I believe the link will be in the show notes and you're able to download a few audio tracks and one of those is a voice warmer. But I would say five steps. Oh, you know what? Five's too many for today. Let's just do three. Makes it easier. Let's start with the body. So a few shoulder rolls, twisting through the middle. What I'm hearing is so many voices are going up into people's heads. And there's there's the overthinking and the overstressing and the pace is fast and the pitch is high. And and once we bring the voice down into our body, that's when we truly connect with our own voice, our own voice being the organ of the soul, I like to call it. And that's when we can really create that person-to-person connection where our audience isn't just hearing our words, they're feeling it. So really getting into the body is the best thing to do when you start a warm-up. The second step is the breath. So taking a couple of deep breaths, low and deep, and an exercise I like to call the angry librarian. So you're going to go each of the shs you want your diaphragm to push in towards your spine. And the idea here is to have no movement in the shoulders. So you don't want to take a big breath and go like this. It's like no movement in the shoulders and all of it is below the bra or below the sternum if you're a guy listening to this. So that's the breath. And then we're going to bring in a bit of vocal vibrations. And mm, we spoke about the my mother and the M&M. So let's just do a basic mmm. So not a nice long hum. Mm. So humming and warming up the vocal cords, getting that air flowing out. And just those three things will make a big difference. 
So the body, the breath, and the buzz. I call it body, breath, and buzz. And then, of course, if you want to step it up, you can bring out the tongue twisters. Betty Botter bought some butter, but she said the butter's bitter. If I put it in my batter, it will make my batter bitter, but a bit of better butter will make my batter better. So Betty Botter bought a bit of better butter. Wow. And that's what you get for not having much of a life and many years of tongue twisters. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to have to replay that one and try it. That's a fabulous one. So I see one is women, particularly women, I'm going to talk from a female perspective right now, but like you said, they talk sort of high, but you often hear the quiet voice, really quiet, or the, yeah, like, ah, like there's no sort of gravitas, I suppose, to the, what they're saying in terms of the, the sound. And you might, this is probably the second part of the question, but, and I know there's a word for it and I can't think of it, but this sort of the inflection on the ends of statements. Oh, I'm so glad you've raised it. That's probably the two most common things that I would say can make the biggest difference to your speaking. So the first one, that little light, little voice, that's what happens when we become disconnected from our bodies. And it's almost like disassociated from our power. So with women, especially I say, you know, diamonds aren't a girl's best friend. The diaphragm is the girl's best friend. (laughs) Because if you've got your diaphragm, you've got your vocal power. And the diaphragm sits in the solar plexus, which is what we call the seat of your self-esteem. So when we start to doubt ourselves, the diaphragm locks up, the air can't get in, and then we don't have the fullness of our voice. We don't have that beautiful resonant voice. It kind of floats up here and it's very disconnected from the power. So doing those exercises I have mentioned earlier, getting into your body, breathing low and deep, shh, shh, shh with the diaphragm, that will help your voice come from that place of power, right? We want to motivate. We want to speak from our gut. We want to speak from the heart. We want it to literally resonate in the walls of our chest. So when the voice is just starting in our little neck and then getting pushed up into the head, it's like our body gets squeezed like a tube of toothpaste. And then I'm sure we can all relate to going up into a pitch that only dogs can hear. And we're like, oh God, I can't come back down. (laughs) So it's really about bringing it all the way down, down, down. So kind of think of like the Coles ad, what do they say? Down, down. Or the only thing in your life you want to be down and out are your vocal vibrations down and out the walls of the chest, because this is another error I see people make both men and women, especially women, is they're told, okay, you know, to sound serious and have gravitas, you have to sound deeper. And then to sound deeper, they push their voice back and say, right, take me seriously. However, that doesn't sound good at all. It sounds really fake and has the opposite effect. So instead of pushing the sound back, you want to push the sound down and out the walls of the chest. So it's totally fascinating. It goes back to this is learning how to use your voice as an instrument. It's such a moneymaker and it's such an influence builder. You know, a lot of leaders in corporations, they get there not because of their speaking skills, they get there despite their speaking skills. So if you're in one of those positions now and you're thinking, I'm not sure about this, like this can really take things to the next level. Yeah, I can imagine. I suppose taking a step back from that, how do you get over the fear before? Because I'm assuming that, you know, you might have these techniques in your pocket and you're like, yep, I'm ready. I've got, I've done my warm up. And then somebody sort of throws you in a meeting or you, you know, you are genuinely kind of freaking out about a particular situation that you've got to deal with. How do you sort of separate the two and sort of stay on point in terms of managing the voice, but also managing the nerves? 
Oh, gosh, absolutely. I can relate. I remember being in an interview for a, a media job when I was younger and I was much blonder than I am now. I was very blonde. I've lived on in Wollongong on the beach. So I was very like tanned. And anyway, I had a wardrobe malfunction, right? The front of my shirt came, the button came undone. And I was already nervous because I was really wanting this job. I was really keen to work on the radio. And I was answering a question. And then the guy just said, well, we can't ask you any more questions to you. Do you get dressed properly? something like that. And I've gone, oh my God, it's like that flood of embarrassment. And all had those situations around a board table where someone's just dropped a bomb that you did not want to hear, or they've thrown a question that you haven't been prepared for. The grenade throwers. Yeah. I mean, I was another situation when I was giving a lecture for a university class, it was 9am on a Monday morning and there were just two people there And the whole presentation, I was just not getting anything. They were looking at their laptops. And then towards the end, a hand went up. I thought, fantastic. I've got a question. When's this going to be over? Like that was the question. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, I've gone viral on TikTok for all the wrong reasons in some cases. And, you know, with all these experiences, here's what I'd say is become rock solid in who you are and The way to do this is to work with the mind, the body, and the breath, the mind, the body, and the breath. And you cycle this around till it's fortified. It's a triangle, the strongest shape. So the mindset is, I've got this. I can do this. People want to listen to me. You know, Sarah, I know it sounds funny. I do daily mirror work, naked in the mirror, going, who do you think you are? You're Sally effing Prosser. Today I choose an ally, not an enemy, and you and me, babe, are going to slay the day. Thank God I'm you. You're just awesome. You know, really running this soundtrack where you're like, you, and with women in corporate, you know what you're talking about. You're highly skilled. You're highly experienced. And having that soundtrack, because the thing that's going to screw you over more than a comment from anybody else in the room is the comment that you say to yourself. And realizing that your worst enemy and your best friend are both inside your own head is really empowering. And so you go in there and you're like, you know what? I'm not going to be like the dandelion, you know, those little dandelions where as soon as somebody like blows, that's it. All your feathers go off and you're like, ah, I can't do it. You're like, no, I'm going to be the tree, right? I'm solid. I can do this. And you go into the body grounding yourself. Our physiology speaks so much. The studies show that 7% is the words we use, 38% is our tone of voice, and 55% is our physiology. So we say so much without saying anything. So even just say you get that shock around the room, sit up taller in your chair, ground your feet, go and get a drink of water, put your shoulders back, get the physiology on side first, and then we loop around to the breath. Breathing in is also known as inspiration. If you want to inspire yourself, take a big breath in, right? Breath in, breath out, breath in, and then answer. And if you're still not there, then you loop around again. You go, right, what's my little mantra in my mind? I can do this. Go back to the body, go back to the breath. And the more you practice running that triangle, the stronger that you are and the less likely you're going to get thrown when you're speaking on stage or in the boardroom or any of those situations. Oh, that's great tips. So you do a bit of work with TEDx as well, TEDx speakers. Oh, sorry, TED speakers. Is that right? 
I do, yes. Yeah. So tell me what's that process like? I mean, that's sort of like the pinnacle of stage speaking, isn't it? So how do you work with people to do that? What's that sort of look like? Yes, I work with a couple of TEDx organisations here in Queensland and I come in at the point when the speech is fairly ready to go. So I mainly work with techniques for memorising. That's always the number one thing people are worried about is, oh, my gosh, I have no notes. How am I going to memorise this? There's a whole lot of tips and tricks that I can share around how to memorise content. So, yes, if you're keen to learn more about this, get in touch. I've got a masterclass on it. And then it is in the delivery. So the content needs to sing. Why isn't it just an email or why isn't it just a robot? Why is it us? It's because we can give colour with our voice. So we work on the highs and the lows and the fast and the slows and the pausing and all of these techniques that we can use to make a line sound completely different. So you could say, this is a groundbreaking discovery. Or you could say, this is a groundbreaking discovery. You know, so you can just totally change the impact of a phrase. Yeah. So that's where I come in and I'm like, and a lot of these uh, the TEDx speakers are absolutely phenomenal people who have got these incredible projects and businesses and ideas. And they just talk about it like it's nothing. I'm like, hang on, what? You just discovered like the world's largest dinosaur fossil? Like, come on. <laughs> you know, so a lot of it is around, and this is the same with executives, a lot of it is around owning the credibility. And you'll hear this in America a lot. There's a lot of stage speakers who will say something that's not very profound, yet it sounds like it is. You know what it comes down to? It comes down to you. <laughs> And it's like, yeah, it comes down to you. It's a pretty basic concept, but the delivery is what makes it land so much better. So, yeah, that's what's really exciting. And it's TEDx season up here. So we've got one in August and one in October. And I'm really excited to see everyone really feel more comfortable about their words. A lot of it as well is taking away the fear. It's like, oh, my gosh, I've got. it's like, I want to do a TEDx. Oh, no, now I'm doing one. What do I do? And it's just trusting yourself going, you know what? Speaking isn't something you do. It's a gift that you give. And you have got this opportunity to step out there and share your idea with a big group of people. So a lot of it is just being the hype girl. Yeah, I totally understand that. I did a lot of work with, you know, obviously execs within corporate, but also now. And often it is about getting really clear on your message as well. So you get that right. And then obviously what Sally's talking about is how to land with impact. That's so important. Otherwise, like you, like you just gave us that example of this is a groundbreaking discovery. I mean, that is the difference between saying I've got something worth saying and it doesn't really matter. So tell us what else do you do when you're not teaching people how to use their voice? Oh, well, I'm a bit of an adventurer. So the latest thing I did was I went down to Tasmania on the 22nd of June, which was the winter solstice. And I did the dark mofo nudie swim where 2,000 people run into the freezing cold water nude and then run out. It was such an amazing experience. It was so much fun. And my partner and I ended up on the front page of the paper. (laughs) Out of 2,000 people, us like butt naked with our hand up (laughs) forms the U in the Tasmanian mercury. Oh, my (laughs) God. Wow. That was that. And then I am quite spiritual, so I like going on spirituality retreats and silent retreats, which is kind of funny for a voice coach. However, I really believe that the physical voice is only as strong as the inner voice. 
you know, so spending a lot of time getting quiet. And is that sort of one of the ways that you protect your voice? Oh, yeah, protecting the voice mainly is from technique. So if you find your voice gets really sore quickly, it's probably because you're forcing from the throat and not using that nice diaphragm singing technique. So technique's the number one thing. And then, yes, of course, rest is important as well. So when you go on those retreats, are they sort of like a silent meditation sort of thing or are they uh, specifically for your, you know, to rest your voice? Oh, no, they're just, it's like a, a going inward kind of thing. The ones I've been doing have been over the weekend and you can read and write. However, later in the year I'm doing Vipassana and Vipassana is uh, 10 days where there's no reading and no writing and you just meditate for eight hours a day. And a lot of people don't survive it, apparently. A lot of people sort of make it to a couple of days and, you know, then I've heard that, but equally there's lots who make it, obviously. Yeah. Well, I really feel like it's going to be a challenge. So that's why I'm doing it. Yeah, especially for people who are creative and used to writing or doing something with their thoughts, getting them out. So who would you say in internationally or Australia, and it's probably multiple people, but do you think they use their voice really effectively? Well, Barack Obama is the first person that comes to mind. He really uses gesture in a beautiful way. He's got a lot of warmth in his gestures. You'll notice he has a lot of open-handed gesturing and his voice is very resonant and he uses pausing brilliantly. Uh, Julie Bishop is amazing. You've seen her speak live. She would have definitely done some voice coaching in her time. You can notice the way that she's doing a lot of speaking, so she's got that beautiful feminine flow. Because this is the other thing. Women, we don't need to speak like men to be strong stage speakers. You can really be in your feminine energy and actually that's how we should be, I feel. Like so it's about writing or structuring in the masculine and then delivering in the feminine and stepping into that feminine power. I feel like Julie Bishop is a really great example of that, you know. So if you're a a woman in corporate listening to this and you're thinking, oh, gosh, I'm, you know, going in there trying to be more like a man, step back and go, no, I want to be more like a woman because the more like a woman you can be, the more you'll speak like yourself and the more impact you'll have. Yeah. I just did a recent podcast with Leah Metha who we talked about communication strategies with and one of those things that she talked about and we sort of got into was difficult people conversations. So somebody who's making you feel very uncomfortable or that you've got an uncomfortable topic to talk about. I'm assuming that based on the discussion we've just had, the mind, the breath, the body. Yeah, the mind, the body, and the breath, the mind, the body, and the breath. And there's lots of other techniques you can use in those situations as well. So, you know, like diverting the attention not from eye to eye but from onto a piece of paper, talk about the situation rather than the person. And I work a lot in this area as well around difficult conversations, it's about maintaining your own aura of energy and not collecting what they're giving you. So if someone's being really hostile, if you haven't got your like force field up, then you're going to take on that energy. So it's about maintaining that. So it's like the louder they get, the softer you go, the faster they get, the slower you go, you know. So there's all these different techniques that you can use to really hold your own in those situations. And every time they go personal, you go situational and yeah. Right. It's really okay. interesting. Yes. So yeah, it's been a pleasure chatting to you, Sally. Where can people find out more about you? If they want to work with you? Absolutely. I'm 
pretty prolific online. So you'll find me on LinkedIn. So LinkedIn DM is a great place. Otherwise, Instagram at Sally Prosser Voice. I also have a podcast myself called That Voice Podcast. And I remember earlier you were mentioning the rising inflection at the end of every sentence. I've got a podcast episode on what you can do to stop that. And very quickly, it's the target technique. So at the end of a sentence, you imagine you're throwing out a dart onto a dartboard. So then you land your point rather than landing your point. (laughs) So it's like you toss it rather than slide it. And yeah, I'd love to hear from you. So please reach out and yeah, let me know what the biggest takeaway from this episode was for you. Fantastic. And um, thanks so much, Sally. I'm sure I'm going to have to have Sally on again because there's just so many things to talk about. I'm sure you'll have lots of people reaching out and best of luck with your work. And thank you everybody for tuning in. Don't forget, we have the new Facebook group, which you can join. And I just noticed that I did that little inflection. So I'm going to not do that. I'm going to say there's a new Facebook group and I'd love you to join. So the link will be in the show notes, as will all of the things that Sally has discussed today. Thank you so much, Sally. And see you all next week. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening. Hopefully you've learned something from this episode that's going to help you make actionable changes in the way you approach your career. If you liked today's episode, make sure to rate, review and share this with a friend. And as always, see you next time.